Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Hey, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. Coming to you from the Millennium Falcon. Yes. You need to get a background like I huh? Huh? Look at that. Oh, little... wow. Come on. He's, Pete's got a great shirt, and I want it. I covet. It is Darth Vader, Stormtrooper. It's all the plastic helmet gang. When are and you Boba. up here? I have your birthday present. I don't even know I when your it. birthday is. I'm like coming March? Wednesday. I'm coming, I'm coming Wednesday to do Ruben's rehearsal for his wedding. You really think he's going to go through with it? <laughs> well, from what I understand, people are giving him video games at his wedding, so I'm pretty sure. I he's did see him ask day. for video games. I thought that was pretty funny. Do you see that I put no? <laughs> this will hurt your marriage. First, first six months of marriage, do not play video games. Just look in your wife's eyes and tell her, "I just want to be with you." Just do that for the first six months, then secretly sneak it in. I love that. That's good secretly, advice. Secretly yeah. sneak it in. Well, not secretly, but you know, subtly is the word I'm going for. I gotta don't I gotta, keep secrets from your wife. That's I a gotta, bad idea. Ooh, I got all kinds of secrets. You want to know some of them? I don't want to know about them. I, I, I think I know them all because I, I was your pastor. You're like, Unless I you, think I know them all because I was there with you when it happened. <laughs> <laughs> I know everybody's secrets as a pastor. It's funny, man. I'll 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 talk sometimes to people outside the church, and I'll be like. Yeah, no, man. I mean, I've been a pastor, you know, I, I I know everybody's secrets over time. I mean, people pretty much suck. That's my biblical view of the world. And people are like, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. People suck. So uh, I'm on that's a funny, 30 man. day political Uh-oh. fast. Oh, wow. So I can't watch videos about how the other side is a bunch of morons because I was watching that. Which, you know, I'm when you say that everybody's morons. When you say that statement, you could literally pick either side. <laughs> right. I mean, like, I watch them both and, and I get mad at both. 
And then I get doubly mad at the media for their hypocrisy and, and the fact that they're morons reporting like, ah, you know, it's like Bugs Bunny when you what a moron, what a boob, you know, like, you know, what a, what's the other word that Bugs Bunny uses? What, I don't a, know. what a maroon, what a, that's what it was. What a maroon. So uh, when I walk away from them all, I'm like, you guys are morons. And then I think, but I'm the bigger moron watching these videos. So I finally kind of decide to take myself in hand. I'm, I'm old. So I get up in the morning right now, Pete, and I, I drink my coffee, but I can't, like in the morning, I hurt so bad. So you guys know I have a neurological condition. Some of you don't. Well, there you go. It's on you. Um, I have this uh, neurological condition. So my- Is it called living? It is. And it gets worse with time, Pete. The, the disease advances until finally death takes you. But, you know, I- Until I death this. comes for us all. Oh, man, I'm telling you. At night, it's worse. But it's now started in the morning where I am in, I'm in pain every morning. I do not, if you know me, I was an RN. I hate taking pain medicine, so mm. I don't. I just figure I'll, I'll man it out, you know, I'll push through it. And then, um, and so I'm starting to stretch. Well, what I was doing is I was putting videos on. I was getting sucked in while I was waiting for the coffee to brew. And then like, I would sit there watching the video, not reaching over and like taking care of coffee. And I'm like, yeah, no, this isn't good. And and it was all the political videos sucking me in. And mm. so I'm I'm on a fast now. And what do you know, Pete? I actually do productive things during that time. Do you? Yeah. I my, read. I read books. My aunts, they all messenger me these videos. And I'm like, don't send this stuff to me. I'm not going to watch it in Messenger. Like, I don't care about Trump. I don't I care know. about Biden. I'm not gonna watch any of it. Like it's not it's like a holy crusade for some people right now. It is like their thing. They're convinced that they're standing against the pagan deities and well, yeah, like the the America is gonna collapse if their guy doesn't win. Yeah, but every four years I hear America already collapsed. We already it's gone. Yeah, the fact that we are where we are, the fact that we had Hillary and Trump four years ago and now we got Biden and Trump is just so laughable. Like, oh, you got to step outside of that. That was the best and, we could put up. That was the best from either party. <laughs> oh, my know? gosh. Like, what does that tell you about America? America is uh, it's just crazy. Crazy. Yeah. So, and I know we just lost half our audiences. Wait, uh, you're not for have. Trump? What? Yes. Or you're, you're you're not for uh for for socialism or what? I mean, it's just weird, man. It's all weird. So right now, the the way that it's positioned is each side. If you're if you're the right, you're convinced that if you vote in Biden, you're voting in the pedo army, and then if you're voting Trump, the, the you're you're voting in the uh the racist army. So uh, that's what we have in 2020. We have an election that's. We got to choose between racists and pedos. If you listen to the media, and uh, isn't that fun? Which one? Which one's worse? Racist? Well, or I got to tell you, uh, that's actually a clear-cut decision between racists and pedos. If that was real, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's actually not a difficult decision. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go out there and say that. You know, uh, I I got I got to tell you, you know, it's uh, it's it's weird days, man. Both Dude, of them. What are do you so think about that? That uh, they found 38, 39 kids in a right. double wide in Georgia. 
And you haven't heard anything about it. Well, I mean, Facebook. Yeah. That's where I get my news. But, but like, I mean, how's that not crazy news? You know, I was telling my wife about that before, just before we fell asleep, as you do. Hey, by the way. <laughs> by the way, they rescued like 39 kids out of a double wide in Georgia. Right. That's what I told her. And she goes, oh, where'd you? Always my wife, when I say something like that, is where'd you hear that from? Because she's convinced that I've been suckered by some side or the other, you know, like I've right. been watching. And, and that's where we're at nowadays. You know, we're way past like the Walter Cronkite days where people just told the news and, you know, like the meme I saw this morning, just let you make your own opinion, which I'm not convinced Walter Cronkite did that either. But there was a time in journalism where it was just, here's what happened. And uh, this is what happened. But then, you know, we would complain, right? If all they put was double wides of 39 kids getting rescued from people like, oh, why don't they ever tell us anything happy? <laughs> yeah, that's true, right? <laughs> we complain too. Yeah. Well, I'm sure those kids deserved it. You know, I mean, they they oh. were abandoned by their parents for like. There's a lot of people who would say stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. that's how it, jacked it's up weird. this country is. Well, I'm it's not just you. the country; it's the world. It's man. It's mankind. Yeah. Every once in a while, I trip out on Americans. I'll be watching something, and being a psych nurse, I'm just like, man, there's so many mentally ill people in this country walking around that that you don't realize. Like if you're a psych nurse, you see it really easy. Really? Huh. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'll see people making YouTube videos and I'll be like, Oh, they're mentally ill. And it's really, just, Oh dude. Yeah. Wow. Well, you, you just, you just, you just know there's just certain, I'm there's sure. a certain vibe and, and yeah, I mean tons, but I also think it's the amount of people that have been abused in this country. Um, when you look at the stats of how many people have been abused sexually by a certain age, it 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 makes sense. You're like, well, you're just, of course, you know, you're you're, you're damaged, you know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's well, weird. it's weird. Well, that went sure. south fast. Well, it's. I, I mean, there's so much stuff going on. Like right now, today is first day of school for my kids. Did, did your kids oh. start? Yeah, last week. And is it? In person? Is it distance? Well, what is it for you guys? Uh, it, it is in person. Why are you smiling like that? It had to have been you. But there was a meme where the mom is welcoming the kid home from school. And she goes, that's not the mask I sent yes. you to school with. And <laughs> the kid goes, no, because I traded Johnny for one that he traded Mark with. And now I have this one. I like it way better. Yeah. <laughs> Kids trading masks. So funny. Dude, oh, went, oh, and on the first day of school, by the way, guess what happened? My daughter came home. Kids were licking each other. That's the first thing kids are going to do. Bleh, I'm going to get you bleh, lick each other, taking their masks off and licking each other. So just saying. Where do they go to school? Like what I city? Can't, I'm, well, what city? I just want to know I'm the city. I'm in San Diego County. Okay. So it's not, it's not the one in Costa Mesa. Wasn't there a school in Costa Mesa they went to at one time? No? No. Never no. know. Cause I gotta, I gotta find an in-person school, man. Today, first day of distance learning. We're like, this is come not going to work here. I'm just saying, come move. No, if I move, it's go. not in the state of California. I'm getting the I heck out you. of Dodge. I got you, man. I feel you. Yeah. The, uh, the, 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 the governor's got some fun plans in place for us coming up. Did you Dude, watch his broadcast last week? No, I'm not. 
political fast, political oh, fast. He was all kinds of excited. Like, well, see, that's the thing is that was actually an announcement of current events. So rather than be, it being no, political. No, it's or, not. It's that's a political like none of that is current events. <laughs> It definitely wasn't scientific or accurate, but it was, uh, oh, you know, he was like, we're doubling down this time. We were more lax, but now this time we are going to get serious. And um, there's all these like ways of controlling and it's kind of only California, only California. Literally right now. It's only California. Yeah. 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 It's so, so criminal to me. So criminal. Don't get me going on that one. No, no. Let's let's walk towards the light, Pete. Walk towards the light. I feel like a mosquito heading towards the light. It's not necessarily <laughs> a good light. <laughs> so what so else is happening with you, man? <laughs> what else is happening with you? I haven't talked to you in a week and a half since you somebody uh, missed the podcast last well, week. I did tell you some big news right before this. You did. You did. And I know before other people know. That's yes, all I'm saying. Yes, it's it's big news, big news. But um, I did finish my book uh, last oh night gosh. at nine thirty. How many Final times have you finished the book? I mentioned you twice in that book. You should be happy about this. Yeah, uh, not by name. There's this guy I know. Uh, let me tell you a little something about I told this you, troublemaker. I'll mention you twice to make up for not mentioning you in the last actually I didn't but, mention anybody in the last but book. this is your third book I should get three mentions but I mentioned you in the first one no, you're you, in my first you book. don't say you're my name zero by name I don't think no oh yes you are in big guns marketing little pluggy plug well, there. if you did then I gotta change my whole I philosophy on Peyton Jones back. I think you need to go back and I might be owing an apology here <laughs> so I named you and your company in the first book, and then, uh, but not in the second one. So I owe you. So I upped it to two. You're the only person who gets two, except for Andrea. I should definitely get higher billing than Andrea. Oh, you can't. I I can't even respond. I can't dignify. Look, that. look. When you're having problems with Andrea, who do you call? It's not Andrea. It's this guy. I'm just kidding. Definitely not you. Definitely not me. <laughs> like. Who's the one person on the planet you would never go to advice for in marriage? So uh, that would be Pete. Uh, let's just stay away. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So nothing new. Nothing new is happening. Um, with you? Well, the book, and I will say this: um, it it. I was going back editing it, and there were certain chapters. I shouldn't say this because I want you all to buy it. There were certain chapters. Where I was like, this is just garbage. How did my editor not say, hey, dude, chapter nine is garbage. It wasn't chapter nine. But I went through and I worked on it. And I'm, I'm actually, I have to say. That's about on eight a chapters more than size, I read in the book. Sorry. Go on. Dude, on a book this size, I'm actually really proud of it. I felt like I was able to write a good book. And I know that sounds like I never feel when I'm done writing, I feel super insecure, but I've spent so much of my life on this book, so much time on it. And, uh, this, this time around, I, there were almost entire chapters. I got rewrites and, um, I actually feel like this is a good contribution to the conversation. There's going to be a lot of stuff that is going to be very, very different from the standard church planning stuff out there. There's some stuff I came back 
and just sat back from, I was like, I actually feel what I've written here is going to help planters and perhaps change some of these conversations for years to come. And that may sound really arrogant, but um, I, I mean, I've got, I'm surrounded by hundreds of books right now that I've read in, in, you know, multiple times in and out. And there's some really good books out there. There's one um, by Craig Ott, um, Global Church Planning. That book is absolutely fantastic. Like uh, his book almost makes me think I shouldn't have even written a book. That dude's book is is so good. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, you probably should well, have even written a book. No, uh, you're talking to the first person to admit that, to be honest. Um, I, I've felt that many, many times. You write a book, you you start feeling like you're reading everything. Oh, why am I even doing this? But in the end, you know, I, I it was good. So I'm, I'm done. And I finished last night at like 10 o'clock at night instead of like four in the morning for my deadline today. I was like, I was done. I was like, I'm done. I'm out. You felt good about that, right? You're I felt like, good. I'm done. I was like, I'm going to come in and watch Cobra Kai. Did you? What do you think? I'm on episode three. Okay. I will start that tonight. I can see what they're doing. They're they're telling a more middle-of-the-road story. I don't think Daniel LaRusso is the good guy yet. I'm starting to think he's there's a lot of gray on both Yeah, I, I, I don't know because I haven't – I'm probably at episode three, but I watched it a few months ago, and then Jamie and I couldn't really get into it, so we didn't – well, because further. they're changing it. They they make you like the bad guy, quote unquote. I don't think there's a good guy and bad guy. I think what they're going to do is they're going to show bad things in Daniel LaRusso. Because already he's kind of a twit. Like when you're watching him, you're like, uh, you know, he's kind of like, yeah, actually, I kicked you in the face. And you're like, okay, that's bad guy behavior. Mm. I think they've switched it around a little bit. Interesting. Really interesting. Yeah. So I think there's more gray. What I really want to see, though is Bill and Ted face the music. You know, I couldn't bring myself to buy it because you can like 25 bucks, right? Yeah. It's 25 or you bucks rent it for 20, which is like, I might as well spend the extra five. Right. It doesn't even make any sense. Right. But you know, cause California, our movie theaters aren't open. So there's like, obviously other parts of the country they're open and I'm sure people saw it. It's got good ratings, though, so I'm torn. I'm like, uh. I watched two reviews, and it got good reviews. And they're like, okay, look, obviously, it's not going to be the first and second one. But they brought Death back, and he's my favorite. I, I still, to this day, hear those conversations in my head nonstop. And uh, there's that on the trailer See, where their the daughters are on it. See, I, I love the second. I thought the second one was horrible. Oh, God. And again, this comes down to you and I have very different movie tastes. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. There's a scene. There's a scene because their daughters are in it, and they their daughters perfectly mimic them. So the girl, when she's talking like Ted, she's going like this when she's talking, which is great. And then, um, but what's funny is they're like, you know, they show up in hell, and their daughters are there, and they're like, "How are you?" And they're like, "Well, we're dead, we're dead, and we're, and in, we're hell. in hell." And he goes, "Yeah, but how, how are, you? are you?" Yeah. <laughs> And they're like, well, not that bad. <laughs> Which I guess is, as a man of the cloth, I'm not. And as a gospel preacher, I'm not supposed to think that's funny, but that's funny. So maybe that's why I think it's funny is because I'm not. But isn't that so how uh, the world, if they believe there is a hell, yeah. that's kind of how they view it. <laughs> that's where all my friends are going to be. 
dude, our album covers totally lied to us. That's from uh, episode two when they first get down to, to hell. Hey, get that guy's attention. Yo, devil dude. He's not looking. Dude, flash him the devil sign. <laughs> yeah, oh, I never got funny. into the second one. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. You have sunk my battleship. Playing battleship with the Grim Reaper was the best. So two out of three. Oh, come on. That, that's, that's comedic gold. I guess so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Happy days, Al. So what's up with your life? What's going on with you, man? I had a great story for last Thursday. You did. And I ruined that. I had a senior moment. Like, it freaked me out that I forgot. I out and out, guys, the reasons broadcasting, I literally forgot. Senior well, moment. What no I excuse. do, What I do is I use Google calendars, and it gives me reminders. Too. You know, and I'm like, oh, I got a podcast coming up here with Peyton. I should probably jump on. No, I am my okay. So Luke's birthday was the twentieth, and he got this electric scooter. So I mean, come on, man! It's an electric scooter. How fun is an electric scooter? So I'm oh, jumping nice, on that thing. Dude. Yeah, I know, right? Like you don't even have to push. You just jump on and hit the button, and you're like tearing off through the neighborhood. And so I just grabbed it. Wednesday night. I'm like, oh man, I'm just going to go down the street. So I go down the street and my wife had had our uh, slip and slide on. So there was a lot of water in the street. And I decided, cause I rode down the sidewalk and I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm going to turn around in the street. Cause there's all this street so much easier to turn around. Yeah. And I'm goofy foot. Right. So I shouldn't be turning to the right. Cause I don't, because I'm goofy foot, so I don't I do not do that turn very well. I turn to the left much easier. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to turn to the right. Oh, there's a puddle there. Not a big deal. <laughs> Dude, as soon as I hit the water, it slides out. I just smack the ground so hard. So I'm like... I saw, I saw your skate tattoos on uh, Facebook. <laughs> Dude, you should have seen it when it was muddy, because that water was muddy. Ooh. So I like quickly jump up, right? Because I'm like, I don't want the neighbors to see me, right? You know, don't want the neighbors to see me. So wow. I jump up, go back, and and my mother-in-law, my son, and my daughter are like, oh, you're you're muddy. You got to go take a shower. And I'm like, yeah, I got to go take a shower. I'm thinking, underneath the mud, there's got to be blood. Dude, so bloody. I mean, I had like, the leg was bandaged up so bad because it was oozing all night long. It was nasty. Ooh, it was oozing. Was it like making noises like... Was it communicating? Like, take me to your leader. That would have been rad. No. Was it was it opening up and going, feed me? It was not. It was not. Uh, what was that thing called? <laughs> well Little Shop of Horrors. It was not it was not the the plant in Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, and then and then my mind went to Freddy Krueger movie where somebody's wounds were, were but I had like little mouths. I have a really nice, huge welt on my hip oh, slash butt. I mean, man. I can't even lay on my side at night, okay. which is how I normally go to sleep. Did anyone laugh when you fell, though? No one saw. Uh, see, no that's the saw. worst is when you fall and you get hurt and people are laughing like your loved ones. Are that's why I quickly pleasure. jumped up. I'm like, man, I hope the neighbors I'm didn't fine, see. I'm fine. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I'm the cool dad. Everyone think I'm the cool dad. 
And then the next day I'm like riding it again. And my son's like, you're really going to go back out on it. I'm like, yeah, dude, I fell. That's it. So rad. Time to get back on. <laughs> so good. Yeah. It's gnarly. I still have just this huge welt, huge welt. I'm using all kinds of medication to try and get that sucker to heal up. <sighs> what are you nice. using? Talk to me as a nurse. I will give you uh, medical advice. Don't sue uh, me if it's wrong. I'll I'll tell you off podcast. <laughs> it's it's nothing What's that the our audience would think is I bad, read, but okay, I'm, I'll right. tell you off podcast. All right, all right. It's not like a sea urchin, Pete. You know, none, none of these home remedies from like anti vaxxers or anything. Oh, sorry, we just lost our other half of our audience. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you gotta understand. Even though I've only seen two South Park episodes in my life, which is the Wow one and then the Michael Jackson one. Hey, did Kenny uh, die in those? Uh, I don't know. I think he Kenny dies in every episode. Died. Yeah, he dies in he every died episode. In wow. But um, everybody died in the wow episode. But, oh, really? Um, but anyways, I was going to say, you have to understand, that's our podcast. We are literally the, um, yeah, we're literally that that podcast where we will offend you equally if you haven't figured this out already. Uh, they're they're getting to the the picture. Yeah, I think they're getting it. We should probably just get into our topic. Great, Scott, you, man! It's time for this week's topic. Let's get down, Let's get to, the down to the nitty. Go on, go ahead, do oh, it. Deliver it. All right, I just said the word, but uh, Church Planner Podcast. It's not the church. It's not the podcast planners deserve. It's a podcast they need. <laughs> I love it. I snorted. Uh, you know, kind of loving what I did there. All right. So guys, what we want to talk about today is, and by the way, I have to say, Pete, your titles on this podcast, I went back and I looked at the titles over like the last three months. They're I hilarious. I don't even know what I put. Okay. Here, here's a couple. Uh, Paul's way to plant. <laughs> no, just joking. Uh, the planner's calling one about episode 400, which is typically us. Yeah. That's what Paul said. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh that was funny but uh okay so admittedly the rest of them aren't that funny but that one was really funny and uh once i read that one they all looked funny to me and now as i'm looking at them they're not funny anymore uh, okay but corona can't keep a pod good podcast down that's hilarious so, anyways, um, that was funny. Um, there is one called uh, BibleCohort.com, The Secret to Pete's Success. That kind of struck me. That's got to be an old one. That's got to be You're really old. You're going to hell with Dan Berg. That was a good one. So, Yeah. Who was Dan Berg? He was your friend, right? We yeah, both he was were on my that mentor. One? He was my uh, first ministry mentor. Dude, that was a crazy podcast. I should go back <laughs> yeah. and re-listen to that one. He was good. He was good. And you know, Dan's like one of those guys where he's, he's one of those guys where he's got tons of wisdom and he speaks slow. So when you're talking to him, you'd be like, yes, well, you know, and, and he's going to think out what he's saying, which I, I don't know why that didn't rub off on me. So, but that guy, oh my gosh, that guy taught me, we would be in these meetings where like literally we would be in exorcisms or be miraculous conversions. And then we would go back to his house 
and we would watch MTV Yo Raps, you know, like late at night and just fall apart watching Humpty and all this stuff. And, and, and a lot of times they were showing like um, really low budget videos and they were just, they were just awesome. And we would laugh and laugh and laugh at, uh, you know, the, 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 just, I'm telling you, it was, it was, it was good, man. Oh, and Tom Vu. Like it wasn't oh, just yo M- nice. MTV yo rap. It was all late night television. Cause we'd be there like one or two. So it was stuff that wouldn't show during mainstream. And oh my gosh. And like we would, we would just flip through the channels and just laugh infomercials, yada, yada, yada. And I learned then I was like, man, you can, cause it's kind of in a way it was kind of how you decompressed. And I think that's like literally kind of moved over into my psyche of how I deal with everything. When I became a firefighter, I became a nurse. Oh my gosh. So, all right. So, so what's today's topic? Well, Pete, I'm glad you asked. We're going to talk <clears throat> today about what it means to, uh, what, what kind of gifting a planter needs. Like what's the raw material that, that a planter has to have? Well, um, did you see the remake recently of uh, The Call of the Wild with Harrison Ford on Solo? I don't know that I, 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 I don't know if I saw it or not. Is it on it Disney Plus? It was pretty Plus? much the story of a boy in his wiki. Right. I mean, it's Harrison Ford, right? So you're thinking dog Chewbacca. I see the connection here. Does he name the dog Chewy? Because if he does. He names perfect. him Buck, which I think was a nod to Buck Rogers. No, just teasing. If you don't know, it's a, it's a Jack London novel. It's written like the 1800s. Um, and it's about the um, uh, Klondike gold rush. And this guy, you know, he, he's, it's about this guy, John Thornton. Um, he, the, the, the main character is the dog. You're following the dog, not the dude. But when he gets, uh, when the dog gets with this dude, John Thornton, they end up going up north to stake a, a gold claim <clears throat> somewhere around the Yukon. And uh, as Buck's out in the woods, he keeps venturing out. And throughout the story, um, he's domesticated. Um, but the, clo- the more he gets out in the wilderness, the more he meets uh, this phantom it's like uh you don't know if it's a if it's an actual wolf or if it's a a phantom but the the story's told through buck the dog's point of view if you've ever read the book and so he keeps talking about and he quote calls him the wild brother the wild brother keeps coming to him and so um i would say that that that's kind of like so what he what he does is buck starts going out into the wilderness more and more and he eventually becomes the leader of the wolf pack, right? And so um, I, I would say that there's this process in ministry where we start off a little bit like Buck and we're domesticated in ministry. We're stripped of the apostolic because of the, the form and function of the local church. When you first got saved or first thought about ministry, it's probably because you're reading the book of Acts or you heard a story about J. Hudson Taylor or John Wesley or something like that. And you were like, man, that sounds amazing. I totally want to serve God like that. Um, You know, like case in point last night when I was uh, just doing some final research for the book, I came across a part of George Whitfield's diary where they were trying to get him to, um, either stay on at Oxford in Christ church and, and do more study, or there was a church in Gloucester, which is, um, you know, in England. And they were like, Hey, you know, would you want to come take this? And he couldn't shake 
that he felt, this is where he says, all the world is my parish. Um, he felt, no, I'm not supposed to be nailed down to one area. I feel like I'm called to do something wider, not bigger. Um, cause around that time he also, you know, he was preaching and people were responding and he, he's, he knew he was starting to get famous, <clears throat> but he, before he got ordained, he spent two weeks wrestling through, he's talking to ministers and none of them could help him. Um, he's saying, why, why do I feel this way? Why do I not? I, I don't want these other positions or openings. I, I feel, and he, what he was feeling was he was feeling the, the call of the wild brother. He was feeling this apostolic call, hmm. like Buck the dog. And, and what he writes <coughs> in his journal, <coughs> excuse me, what he writes in his journal. I had a heart attack this big <clears throat> and I gave myself one of these. Clear! And now I'm fine. I, uh, I need water is what it is. And I didn't bring him. I've been kicked. How do you do a podcast without grabbing a water? Well, I drank it. I was on this oh, crazy okay. call right. I'll, before I'll an hour slide. and a half long marketing call with Exponential before this. So, <clears throat> and I drank it. The, the, mir- the real miracle is how I don't have to go pee <laughs> after two, over two hours after drinking all my water. But, uh, but the, the, anyways, I'll get back to it, Pete. So what Whitfield did is for two weeks, he just studied the prophets, their, their mission. And then he read the apostles and it was so cool to kind of, especially writing what I write to go back and to find him saying that, like that he went back to, to, to the mission. He said, I spent two weeks reading the mission of the prophets and the mission of the apostles. And he says, and I begged God for the grace to step out boldly in their footsteps. Like, how cool is that? Right? Mm -hmm. Like he had security, he had a career, he had all this. And he's like, no, I got this call of the wild brother. And I feel like the apostle Paul and the other apostles, they call out to us from the scriptures. And we, we know intrinsically as planters that, we're not going to be a traditional pastor and praise God that traditional pastors exist. I mean, I've had to be careful over the years. That I don't bag on those guys because what I've come to realize is those are shepherds and teachers and they're doing what shepherds and teachers should do. The problem is they're doing it alone. They should, uh, shepherds and teachers should always have teams around them of evangelists, apostles, prophets, um, which are the radical uh, members of the APEST team makeup um, to keep them balanced. But what we've done is we've, we've gotten rid of all the apostles, prophets, evangelists, and Pete, we've talked about this ad nauseum on this podcast. So I don't want to get back into that. But when you look <clears throat> at Paul, the way he describes his role, when we, when we ask the question, what does it mean? Like what gifting do you need? Well, it's good to start off asking What's the role going to be? Like, what do you actually do as a planner? What are you supposed to biblically do? Well, listen to what Paul, just looking at what he wrote to the Corinthians, he uses the word planter, right? But what he's, what he's planting is uh, he's planting um, the gospel, right? He's reaping gospel converts. And I know people don't want to hear that, but that's, that's what he's saying. He's not saying... Like it's trendy to go. Oh, I don't. I don't make converts. I make disciples. Well, that's great and all, but Paul made dis- Paul made converts. He did make disciples. 
but he also made converts. And so when he says, I sowed the seed, Apollos watered, he was an evangelist, um, and God alone gave the increase. What, he, what he's saying there is, there was, he says, one harvest. So the harvest is used in terms of salvation. So Paul was a planter. So his chief work was gospel work. So that right away sets you apart as an, as an apostolic church planter from just being a pastor. Your chief work is preaching and sowing the gospel. And if you're doing something else, you're not a church planter, really. You might be a shepherd who's starting a church, but you're not a planter, right? He's a foundation layer. And he lets us know, again, that no man can lay any other foundation than that which was already laid, namely Christ Jesus. So, again, he's planting uh, <clears throat> the gospel. He's laying the foundation of Christ, and he's having everything <clears throat> else being built upon that. So, the whole church, the church's practices, the lifestyle, everything is built on who Jesus was what he did, and the implications of his death and resurrection. Then he also uses the term architecton, which is architect. So he's saying, I'm also an architect. And that right there kind of implies that there's design and strategy, and you're setting up something where there was nothing there before. And then lastly, he says, I'm an ambassador, right? He also says he was a father. I was a, like a father to you. Um, so he's going he's gonna to shepherd them and make disciples. But then lastly, an ambassador is, <clears throat> he says, wherever I go, I'm, I'm glorifying Christ. Like my, I am there to be a witness to, to who Jesus is. So that's kind of cool. Um, so one of the things. Oh, is that the train? Train! Um, so. One of the things that this really podcast imp- would not be complete without the train. It would not. After 403 episodes, you need the train. <clears throat> Absolutely. <clears throat> and, and to kind of, you know, build off that architect part, when you look at the guys that were truly apostolic in church history, guys like Count Zinzendorf, he started this thing called the Mustard Seed Society. And then he put a system in place. Like, I know we, we typically don't think of systems and structures as being like, very spirit-led, but Paul was a systems guy. Like he put networks in place. He operated them. He, you can see his systematic approach. Um, Wesley, a comprehensive group system called uh, band society and classes, which were like um, gradations of small groups that form networks and sub-networks. And then um, Watchman Nee, uh, he spawned one of the most prolific revival and renewal movements in history. He was very systematic. So it seems like Paul and then all these guys in church history, they had very much the same kind of thing going on where they, they, it might've been heart religion to quote John Wesley, but there was also a strategy. God gave these guys strategic minds. And whereas Whitfield at the end of his life said, I, my followers are a rope of sand he was saying there's nothing to hold them together. Like I made a bunch of converts, but I didn't, I didn't build anything that would cause them to replicate or a movement to keep going. He just felt like he had missed a crucial step. And so, so that, that was, you know, that's important. So, um, 
one of the things, and I think we talked about this a little while back, Pete, was we talked about the word apostolos, which means sent one. And I always want to be really clear on this, that we use the word called. I was called to ministry, which is like God calling you to himself, right? That's the language. The word um, calling, the, the word we actually use is the word appointed. You know, I've appointed you, um, yada, yada. That's, that's used for, um, for prophets in the Old Testament or, you know, um, God calls Israel to himself. There's always a sense in which God calls us to himself, and he's called all of us to himself. But in the Bible, <clears throat> you don't see the word calling being used for, like, elders and deacons, what we would consider leadership. Th- those words are never used. Um, the word that's actually used is the word appointed, but it's not appointed by God. Um, the people that appoint in the scripture, um, the place where we find these terms used is Titus appoints elders and deacons, and Timothy appoints elders and deacons. Both the passages that have parallels, Paul goes, look for people with these qualities and these traits and appoint them as elders and deacons. So you don't need a special calling to be on leadership. And I think we have a lot of confusion about that, right? Um, Like I could be an elder in a church. If my character's in place and I'm able to teach and my wife or spouse is not a gossip, right? Um, These kinds of things, there are all these criteria where Paul goes, appoint that person for the church because you're going to move on. And this is where we get into the apostolic because the apostolos or the apostolic planter is sent. They're not called. They're sent. So where we get into trouble is somebody goes, well, I think I'd like to be in leadership. And I feel very strongly that that's what God wants me to do. Now, you can have an inner compulsion, you can have, you can be seeking the Lord and you feel God telling you it's, it's your will or, you know, it's God's will, but there's always going to be an appointing. You don't just take it upon yourself to be a pastor of a church. Someone else will appoint you. But I guess what I'm getting at is that the way I see it, the apex gifts are all elders, but the apostle is the only one that is sent. Does that make sense? It kind of does. Yeah. So if you have like the, and and here's where Alan Hirsch is really helpful. Um, Alan Hirsch says, when we all become mature, we all begin to show the the apex traits in maturity. Like for example, um, if you have a shepherd on, you know, on staff at your church or he's part of leadership, let's, let's look at a team of elders. You've got shepherd, evangelist, and teacher. Those, those three roles right there are going to pull out of you. The evangelist is going to be like, Pete, let's go share the gospel. And you'd be like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to. No, come on. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. You'll learn. No, no, no. God, you need to learn this. And you'll start becoming more evangelistic because as it says in Ephesians 4, that role equips you to do the work of the ministry. And by the way, if you're in leadership and you're church planning, this is the goal. The goal is not for you to have a church. The goal is for you to develop the gifts of others. And if you're an apostolic church planner, so you can go, right? Um, but it's not just developing other leaders. It's developing leaders who can develop others because the real work of the ministry is done by the body. And you saw that in Long Beach, Pete. The strength of Refuge Long Beach was it wasn't the leaders doing everything. 
it was the leaders were mobilizing the congregation to do stuff. And it, that makes all the difference. So, well, yeah. And that also turned a lot of the congregation into leaders. And that's, and that's to me what discipleship really is. I believe if anybody gets discipled, um, they just begin to develop in these ways. Like that's what discipleship is. Like how many people, like, I don't want to embarrass you, but everybody that's worked in connection with this podcast, if they weren't saved already, got saved, right? And that wasn't me. That was you. That was your witness and your influence on them. And, and, and that's, that's kind of the thing is that what I'm saying is everybody has this within them. So uh, when you appoint, like I could, I could tap you and say, Pete, would you come on to leadership? And you'd always be like, no, I'm never coming on to leadership. But and some of that might be influenced by the fact that your dad was a pastor and you, there's this high standard. No, I, no, I, I know what it is for me. Okay. Because I always knew how sinful I was in my life. And it was like, yeah. no, I'm not, I'm, there's no way you're putting me on right. as an example for people to look up to. Yeah. 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 And I, and I, and I totally get that. And yet, you know, it, it's, it's the reason I think we're appointed by others is because we've all got that going on. But when someone externally sees in you, Hey, I see character. I see this, I see this, this, uh, all the things that Paul lays out. Then someone says, Hey, we think, and you can always reject it. You can say like, for example, I would say that if, if someone says, no, I really don't think that's where I'm every right to say that, right. Everybody should reserve that right to say, you know, that's not right for my family right now. Or, you know, I'm not in the place where I want to be right now, where I, I, I feel like I could lead people. But that's cool. You see those qualities in me. I think everybody ought to do that. And, you know, there's times, to be honest, where I'm out of ministry in between church plants and me and Andrea together will be like, that's probably good. We're not in ministry right now. You know, like we're facing these challenges and this and that. And, you know, right now, I think God's taken me through stuff that I need to develop in where I'm probably not fit to lead right now. You know, um, so and and that's the beauty of, of going in and coming out. Right. It's not like for life. And I think we get a lot of these things wrong, you know. But um, anyways, it, it's a paradigm shift. It's a massive, major paradigm shift when you start to go, wow. So leadership is for the everyday believer who has these qualities. And what we're really saying is a leader is a really, it's a fully formed disciple. It's someone who's really exhibiting Christ in them and their job is to equip and mobilize others. Wow. That takes the mystique out of it. Like, and then it, it raises the entire body to an understanding that all of us are really, when we're mature, expected to be leaders. We might not all have the gift of leadership. That's different. But I could serve as an elder if I'm able to teach. Some people aren't able to teach, and that's a key thing. If you don't have the gift of teaching, you probably should not, because the part of the the all every single one of those gifts, if it's to equip others, then teaching becomes a part of that, right? So, um, but anyways, the the apostle is the one that has to be commissioned and sent because you will be leaving as a missionary. And I know like people say, oh, but we're all on mission. That's true. And that's correct. Right. 
But that does not mean, that's like saying, we all have the Holy Spirit within us. Well, we do, but we're not all filled with the Holy Spirit, right? Like when it says, be filled with the Holy Spirit in Ephesians, he's saying, be, don't, don't be filled with wine, be filled with the Spirit. That's an imperative. Like that doesn't mean I'm, I'm always full to overflowing with the Holy Spirit in my life, right? Um, but yes, the Holy Spirit's in me. You know what I'm saying? There's a difference, right? Yes, we're all on mission, but like like I tell people, because a lot of people within the missional movement, they will they will um, argue to the point where we're all on mission, and it yeah. But when did you leave your fat paycheck? When did you leave and go overseas? When did you leave your family and your friends and all the you know? Like when we talk about that, there was a price tag attached to all of that when I left my country, my home, like everybody's not called to that. I had to have a commission from God to do that, or I never would have done it, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. That kind of makes sense? Yeah. So being a sent one literally means that you are sent. So I'm not called. It's not like God saying, come to me, Peyton. No, God's saying, Peyton, go. Like I'm commissioning you to go to Wales. I am commissioning you to go to this place and I want you to go. And um, so in that sense, we're all sent ones. And that term, by the way, is used of Titus in 2 Corinthians 8.23. It was used of James, the Lord's brother, Galatians 1. Um, Apostolos is the word sent one. Barnabas, Apollos, Andronicus, Junius, Epaphroditus, Timothy, and Silvanus. And guess what was in common with all these guys? They were sent out, (laughs) you know, they didn't stay put in the local church. They went out. So that I always tell people it's the word for missionary. And um, even though the word missionary does not exist in the New Testament, it does. Sent one means the same thing. And that's the word that we translate as like fellow worker or, you know, whatever it is. But, um, But I think it's important for you to realize that if you are being sent out by God, um, as an apostle or apostle with a small a, that that's what that is. Nobody's going to, no man can appoint you to that. You have to be sent, not called to ministry, sent to ministry. And that's a, that's a distinction that I think needs to be made in the church right now. Cause our, our language for the last few hundred years was, have you been called? No, the real question is, have you been sent? Right? Because if you're called, if you're if you're appointed, that's by man, and that applies to the other roles. You can't be appointed to the role of apostolos, right? Because you've got to go and you've got to be sent by God. That that is a commission. Um, yes, we're all commissioned by the Great Commission to be His witnesses in Jerusalem, whether you stay, Judea, you know, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Um, it's that ends of the earth bit, right? That that's what I'm talking about here. You need you need a, a call for that. But we're running out of time, Pete. So um, let's go ahead and um, sum up. Uh, I, I don't have new sponsors. I'm looking for new sponsors. I'm not advertising for you guys. I just haven't picked up the phone and gone after them yet. But uh, our, our normal uh, uh, sponsorship, I'm, I'm getting ready, Pete, to write like a little docudrama of you and I. Where we're we're going to simulate. Not today, but you guys got to watch for it. It's coming. There's a script coming, Pete. Where, where there'll be a scenario and, and it'll be very melodramatic and it will be a commercial for our current sponsor, which is Simplify Church. 
Okay, are they still a sponsor, or did you go ruin that relationship too? No, no, I know not yet, but we'll see after my. <laughs> as drama. if you're as if you're the one that ruins the relationship. It's usually me. No, no, it's flipped around. Hey, in the, in the last few years, I would say I've caught up. In fact, I may have surpassed you in losing sponsorship for us. Uh, losing listeners, lose. It's usually me now. Hey, look. Until you joke about fraud and you get three merchant accounts shut down because of a joke, you'll never be at my level. I'm just going to throw that out there. That's a rad. That's a rad. Well, hey, Pete, you know, while you're doing all this uh, being sent, um, how are you going to do all your bookkeeping? You know, I'm so glad that you asked because usually what I would do is I would call up my buddy Travis, uh, who was my assistant. I'd say, Travis, I got some work for you to do. Uh, Travis no longer works for me. Uh, He has, uh, unfortunately for me, moved on to bigger and better things. He's now a youth pastor in Washington. (sighs) So I would go to simplifychurch.com. In fact, I'd reach out to Josh Henry over there at simplifychurch.com. I'd say, hey, Josh, uh, I need some help. I need some help with IRS compliance, with uh, getting all this uh, tax stuff done, uh, taxes. I don't even know what that is, really. Can you help me? And you know what he'd say? He'd say, yes, Pete, we can help. But only because Peyton and Pete sent you. That's true. Uh, See what I did? That's that's very true. See what I did? I like it. Sent. Yeah, baby. Because they apostoloed you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. This uh, podcast is lame. You know, you've been listening to the very lame Church Planner podcast. It's cool because Pete's on, but it's lame because I'm here. I think I made it lame. Yeah, I'm pretty sure everyone listens to this podcast, not for this guy, but for that guy. Well, hey, lest I stink it up any more today, let us just remind you, you've been listening to the Church Planner Podcast. Great, Scott. What in the heck have I been listening to? And this has been Peyton Jones and Pete Mitchell reminding you, if you want to reach ones nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Music